Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, this is one of those days, Alice. This is one of those days where I'm just absolutely thrilled and excited. Um, we <laughs> Let me tell the story this way. Last Friday, a few days ago, I was doing my show, and I had nothing to talk about. I, I, I have a sh- as, as you guys know, you guys listening in the Connecticut audience, uh, Friday was kind of a weird in-between news, news day. And then... Out of nowhere on YouTube, I ran into Vince Dow. Now, Vince Dow is a uh, Christian conservative political commentator. You should check out uh, Vince Dow TV on YouTube. Got a, he's got a huge following, which I assume has uh, has doubled or, or, or maybe even tripled. And <laughs> what we've got here is there is there was Vice News put on this panel about a month ago, uh, Asian Americans debate model minority and Asian hate. And on this panel are, uh, essentially, they, they grabbed the first 11 people out of, I would say, a Brooklyn loft party that they could find. And then Vince Dow. And it went a little bit like this. Now, the person that you're going to hear causing the trouble is Vince Dow. Listen to this. Assimilation, not just good or bad, necessary. I don't think it's going to be possible for America to survive as a stable functioning society if people don't, to some degree, say, well, here's what we're going to commonly agree upon. But who gets to choose it? The majority culture, I suppose. And what's the majority people, culture? The people with power. And who's people with power? The, the people with power. Stop. White people. Well, I don't. I don't know I was if that's. Say it. Yeah. White people. It's okay. I don't know if that's necessarily so true. I mean, what can you, you unpack? Yeah. yeah. I don't. Let's I don't elaborate. Think, I don't think a particularly white, quote unquote, interest controls things like in America pop culture. Do you believe well, white think, supremacy exists? I think there are people who believe in it, and I think there's people who all believe that their race is superior. So you don't believe in white supremacy? Do you believe America is a white supremacist state? No. (laughs) Not at all. 
and not found. No white supremacist state would even like allow us to be doing this. Like I don't, I don't understand. So white supremacist, <laughs> just KKK people walking. I mean, Actually, I go around New York City. I notice that like I guess Brooklyn a little bit different. Most of the people here are not white and they're doing their thing. So I don't. Understand what does doing their thing mean to you? Going to work. Are they making? Working. Are they making the same amount of money? Wait a second, Vince Dow. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Great to be here. And a shout out to some of your Connecticut audience. My dad actually grew up in Middletown, so oh, wow. somewhat familiar with the state. Yeah, yeah, we'll get a lot of calls from Middletown today. It's it's absolutely. So is the point with these people, is the point to not debate? Is the point to say ableist or what people, white people, did, did anybody want to actually engage in debate? White people, right? <laughs> I mean... I'm not sure, you know, I think a lot of them showed up expecting to have a kind of like, I guess, one of those roundtable discussions where everyone just is like, oh, I agree with that. And because you've seen some of this from some of these vice panels, it's like nobody really goes at each other in just one big circle of agreement. Recently, they did a debate on colorism, whatever that means, and they did not invite a single conservative to this panel. But in this one, they made a mistake, uh, you know, actually invite the conservative. And then, you know, when I said very basic things, like I wouldn't say I exactly delved into any super controversial opinions on that panel judging by the fact a lot of people who weren't even on the right were saying i agree with you that's common sense like work hard like don't commit crime you know what i mean right um but they were absolutely shocked you know flabbergasted to hear these things for the first time it's crazy and some of those kids yale educated ivy league educated the fact that they can go through four years of supposedly the top academic institutions in our country and be shocked at like 24, 25 years old. I'm I'm 19, Tom. Uh, just oh my to gosh, hear- you're so young. But to hear that, like, um, you know, don't commit crime, and it's the craziest thing they've ever heard. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, and it's interesting to me too how these like basic basic facts are totally unknown to them i mean things that are super established like being raised in a two-parent household is super great for kids i mean i mean that's like a shocking thing to a lot of people if you say that and and I think that the Asian community in America in particular challenges so many of these assumptions about white supremacy that people on the left have. And they don't know a lot of these facts. I remember like a year or two ago, NPR during like the whole stop Asian hate thing published this big thing with all these statistics about how the Asian community is totally diverse and all this stuff and like couldn't even get themselves to admit the fact that like Asian achievement in the US is higher than like white achievement on average, like no matter how diverse the community is and spread out. And, and, you know, the, these facts do and i'm not saying there's not ways asian americans are discriminated against for sure like look at the harvard court case but but it presents itself so differently for asian americans that it's it's such a problem for their narrative and and like to have a panel like this and the things that you were saying to them were so shocking to them it's like they've never encountered any of this information before yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, funny story on this topic. You know, we go back to the Ivy League education thing mm-hmm. and they asked me, right, you know, do you think America is a white supremacist state? And I kind of like slyly respond, you could say like, well, I don't see KKK people walking yep. around anywhere. But I would say that if America supposedly was a white supremacist state, it would be run by some of the most incompetent white supremacists out there. Because <laughs> even if you want to say, well, 
oh, KKK, well, that's like just explicit. What about implicit? They always say this, like implicit racism. Well, you know, I look at the way a lot of our institutions are crafted and structured between affirmative action and the diversity regime and the pop culture, you know, the stuff that comes out of Hollywood, all this stuff. And I would say that if America is a white supremacist state, it's doing a terrible job because I think in many ways, a lot of these institutions and culture actually discriminate mm -hmm. against white people, right? On, in, on average, mm -hmm. and sometimes Asians, right? When it comes to the affirmative action thing, but I should point out one of that one of the kids, the kids in the green shirt, who I guess you can't see on the radio, right? But but one of those guys that was debating me with the most on the panel. Fun fact about him, I learned this this weekend. He got accepted into Stanford, and his only essay, all he wrote for his essay was he wrote hashtag Black Lives Matter 100 times on the essay. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And he got accepted. He got accepted, you know, as a brown guy, as a minority. And it's like if a white supremacist institution, you know, they might take a few to be like, oh, well, we're not racist. See, but the guy underqualified doesn't actually write a college essay and they take him in just because he writes Black Lives Matter a hundred times. Like no. I said, if America is really being run by white supremacists, yeah. they're incredibly incompetent at their job. No, Vince, know. you know what? I'm sorry. I give that guy credit. He just extorted them. That's <laughs> real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, True. Yeah, you better. Hey, you see what I wrote here? You act. You better act to fall in line. And, and and they did. It's remarkable. Stanford's like the second best law school in the. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> so so when they change the subject, if you nail them down on one thing, and then he says, "Well, do they get paid equal?" Or you well, know, Asian Americans get paid equal. I would well, say. Well, but, but 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 they keep moving. They're fighting for the sake of fighting, Vince. Or else it's it. it or else they would have a good faith exchange. Well, this is true. Yeah. Every single time you'll notice in that panel that I respond to one of their questions, they just totally shift the goalpost. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I wish I probably could have noticed this at the time. But, you know, when you're being surrounded by like 10 people all screaming at you, I was just trying to respond to what they were saying. And so I wasn't quite picking up on it, I will admit. But when you watch it back, it's like I would say one thing and, and they would say one thing I, sh I should say. I respond and then they Instead of like, because I respond proving them wrong, yes. and they'll just like bring up something totally different. And you see a lot of those clips. So, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. Let's listen to another one here. Trends that are generally true in the Asian community, not of everyone, but are generally true. Usually you have families that are sticking together. You have, um, you know, people are taught to work hard in school, not get into trouble. I think that translates to so why just Asians so people are, who are successful. And I don't think you have to be Asian or white for that matter to. People for, uh, who are listening, they are doing like these smash cuts to people reacting. The, the progressives around Vince reacting, saying, oh my God, he's going into very uncomfortable territory for them. To not have kids out of wedlock, not, you know, commit crime, not, not cause trouble, whatever it is. It's just a matter of like, well, common sense. That's what makes people successful. And if that's so-called assimilation, having a nuclear family, buying a house, going to school, whatever it is, then yeah, okay, call me a pro-assimilation then. I think there's a difference between assimilation and erasure. Mm. Yes. She got you there, Vince. She got you. Erasure, ha ha. What about the point he just made saying, don't have kids out of wedlock, don't commit crime. What? What? Erasure, <laughs> yeah, high five. What kind of point system is this? It's funny because that is only like half the answer. I think there is more to assimilation than just not committing crime and like being a functional human being, right? There's there's more to assimilating to American culture than that. But I kind of just said that comment because we just debated about assimilation and notice how they took that 100% seriously and were like, no, you can't tell 
so-and-so to assimilate by not committing crime and by, you know, having a functional family and, and being responsible. And it's like Michael Knowles brought this up on his mm-hmm. show. What exactly is she trying to say? Is she trying to argue that like minority culture and crime, for instance, are inherently embedded and hence it would be erasing minority culture to tell people not to commit crime? And if that were the case, which I'm not saying it is, but if that were the case, why would it even be bad to erase that part of that culture? Like that is a bad aspect of culture. Committing crime is a bad thing. Having kids out of wedlock is a bad thing. Um, whatever else I said, not doing any of that stuff is a bad thing, but you know, so, I well, know. And, and the point that you made, like none of those things, you don't have to be white or Asian to do any of those things. And like, I right. went to a high school a long time ago that had, you know, a lot of so-called like tiger mom type parents. And some of them are Asian, but like there were also Jamaican parents whose kids did oh, amazing yeah. in school and everything that were immigrants that wanted their kids to work hard and all this. It has nothing to do with race, but you know, if, if those are the things that make kids successful, then why aren't we sharing them with everyone? Like, I don't get it. And they say these are Western constructs or something, but it's, mm-hmm. I feel like this is just the reality of human life on earth. You know, it, like if you want to build something, you have to build it. You know, if, if you want to exist in a society, you have to follow the rules of that society. Like, it's not particularly complicated, but I don't know. Welcome to our ge- my generation, I guess. <laughs> right, and I and, and I've got to think, Vince, uh, that all of these people on the panel are people of uh, of privilege. I think, oh, yeah. I, yeah, these are all... Uh, I mean, <laughs> hold on, I just want to... Let's play one more cut. This is my favorite cut, because now we... We suddenly inject World War II into this. And what what this what this panelist, this woman in front of Vince, who's got the purple hair, who's like the very uh, like yes girl, like Slay Queen thing going, whatever. She hits him. She really uh, hits him hard with uh, the heavy ordinance. The more in common that a society has with one another, the more likely they are to work together and build things okay, in society I hear and you. not constantly be fighting each other and at odds with each other. Did you think the Japanese internment was a good thing? Because that was a real assimilation situation. You know what I mean? Do you recognize that the term assimilation has negative history and facts associated with that word? So we do have to be careful in how we choose. Because assimilation for people of color have not been good to us historically. That's factual. So let me ask you. We're discussing the model minority. No, no, no. But Japanese internment is a classic example of assimilating Asian Americans. No, it's not. It's a classic example of internment. I mean, they, they intern people. Why? Like, they, why? Not, yeah. to, to why did they in, that to... Um, why did they intern them? Because, because they saw them as other. Because they saw them as dangerous. Not really. Because, well, yes, they saw them as dangerous because, and I don't agree with it, but left-wing president, FDR at the time, saw it as a national security so risk. So you're a Republican, right? So you're right-wing, right? I want to I I I make sure... took them 20 minutes to figure yeah. that out. Yeah, yes. It's kind of funny. Yeah. No, okay, yeah, because you're a Republican, right? She moves right off of the fact that that the internment of the Japanese was not assimilation. What a moron. It's, there's a whole story to be told there, and it's been an interesting one to, to listen to, and it's obviously a horrific thing that, you're correct, FDR did, um, but mm-hmm. assimilation, the Japanese had come here and were assimilating. They had beautiful uh, properties. Yeah, they in, were being in, unassimilated yes. from being a part of American life into something else. Absolutely. The, the, the story of all the beautiful businesses, et cetera, on the West Coast that closed and were taken from them, essentially, in their livelihoods, that's a tragedy. That shows precisely the opposite. But the, how is it possible that these people don't know the first thing? So what, what do you think they're told, Vince, of what, about Japanese internment? Um, 
I don't really know, to tell you the truth. I mean, I was thinking about this. I think this is a kind of a complicated issue because on one hand, Japanese internment isn't often the most talked about thing in history. Like the leftists will bring it up. But you notice for something that could be used so against kind of the story of America, oh, look what America did. Mm -hmm. I feel like in a lot of ways, it's not talked about a lot in Mm -hmm. in comparison to slavery, segregation, all the other stuff. And I've thought for a long time, part of the reason for that, and this is kind of why I brought it up, is that FDR is like the modern hero of the left, right? right? Create Kind of like the creator of the modern democratic coalition, New Deal, his sort of story of, you know, left-wing progressive FDR took down the fascists in World War II. That whole kind of story is the source of the modern left's authority. And so that's why I think it's not often brought up. And when it is, it's not often tied to FDR, which I think is very interesting. But um, it's it's also important to note that the Japanese were not the only people who were interned during yeah. World War One and World War Two. Right. Germans were interned. Italians were interned. Um, but, you know, by definition, that is just simply not assimilation you know and it's like i'm trying to say well you should uh you know join the customs you know work within the culture and then she's just like so you want to intern japanese i, I, don't, I don't know I don't so know. it's funny uh, vince i talked to george takei of star wars a few years ago who played sulu on star wars and um and he, this is peak trump when trump was the kids in cages stuff and uh, and so he said, and he said, well, what it reminds him of being in an internment camp in Japan, what Trump was doing in, was in world, not in Japan. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, right, I'm sorry, in World War Two during World War Two in the United States, and uh, and and I said, well, that was FDR. You you don't harbor more resentment for Trump on this than you do FBR for internment, do you? And he said, yes, I found it in my heart to forgive Franklin Delano Roosevelt for what he did. <laughs> So Trump did internment now. <laughs> Trump well, is not forgiven, but FDR is. Like like I said, it's because FDR is like the source of the modern left's mm-hmm. authority and the idea that he was the best president to ever exist and he did everything right, which he didn't, but he did everything right, you know. Um, and so that's, in my opinion, why it's something that's not often talked about, you know. So let me ask you something. You're since this incredible performance has been shown and really it's funny because you were aided by the fact that you were you went in there you were honest you were earnest you were reasonable you were aided by everybody else being off the hook just nuts and upset and unstable i could i could feel the psychotropic medication like you know in their minds trying to work on calming them down how much of this and you're you're 19 years old so how many of your contemporaries are just not well emotionally? They're not well emotionally, physically, spiritually. It's it's just the reality of our generation, I suppose. Um, you know, I'm in college, obviously, too, at this age. And, you know, I, I can tell you most kids my age. Actually, you know, I wouldn't say most. That's not fair to them. But there's a very sizable minority of kids who just are like this. And I think part of the issue is that those of us oftentimes that are maybe not like, you know, epic conservatives or whatever, but are better adjusted, not totally insane in all regards. Um, you know, they basically let themselves get bullied by these like just hyper emotional freaks running around everywhere, which is kind of ironic when you think about it, because I feel like in past generations, the, the reverse would have been true, right? The cool kids, the kids who aren't insane and all over the place were the ones who kind of like ran things. But I feel like part of the big problem in our generation is that 
it's 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 just sort of inverted where you know the people who historically probably would have been bullied in school not saying that's right but would have been bullied in school are now the ones doing the bullying mm-hmm. and everyone just kind of sits around mm-hmm. and takes it and it, it's it's strange do and you think there that started is? Well, that's why i started doing the conservative thing mm-hmm. partially because i was like well someone's got to say something i don't know you know mm-hmm. do you think there is a backlash coming like are there more like you <laughs> are there a bunch of people who maybe just they're not they don't have a youtube channel about it but are thinking that like this is getting a little ridiculous now guys and like we're gonna eventually have to like walk this back a bit absolutely i mean i went to school in la i went to high school in la and uh you know i had a bunch of secret allies i think the issue is just like cowardice you know mm-hmm. like they were all they would all privately hey I, I support you and i'm like dude the rest of this high not the rest but the this loud minority in my high school class is like you know, trying to cancel my graduation speech and get me thrown out. It was a long story there, whatever. And I'm like, and I'm like here, you know, taking the bullets and that's fine. But all the rest of you can do is just be like, hey, I quietly support you. And that's part of the problem, right? You know, what's that famous quote? The only way that evil can uh, succeed is if good men do nothing. Like, right. that's just the problem. I, I don't think it's exclusively a Gen Z problem. I think it's mm-hmm. a, a societal problem. The, the people with the right ideas have cowardice right alice and i were just um talking in our last that swimmer riley Gaines tweeted something like this recently where she had she's come out against having men compete in women's sports and you know she tweeted something recently where she said i used to be so appreciative when all these people would come to me and secretly say like oh yeah i agree with you thank you for doing something and then she said she realized that them secretly thanking her was like why this is allowed to continue she's like of all the people who know this just defies common sense would just all say something like we could be done with this already. But it's really thanks to the people that know that it's all crazy and won't do anything that that we're in this situation now. I think that's why, um, you know, our side just needs more leaders. Right. Because that's uh, to be fair to kind of just your normal person who sees the craziness. That's just not really how human beings work, right? Movements are started by leaders. Someone with the charm, the charisma, the voice, the courage stands up and then everyone follows them. Like that's just kind of how human beings operate. And so I would say, you know, it's easy to just hope the common sense people get the bravery, but I feel like no one's going to really do that unless, you know, we stand up and say, we're going to lead this, you know, we're going to, hey, the rest of you come on. Cause that's how humans really work, right? That's how things really start. So, well, but also I think that the, the your look for you in your case, your age is, is a huge thing because we can listen to Jordan Peterson all day and he's going to take mm-hmm. his beating and, you know, and, and do his thing. Abigail Schreier, you know, she's got, she's been established, she's doing it. But it's, the, it's really, it's young people who need to be, to mobilize. But I don't know, you know, in that room where you were doing the vice thing, the things, your principles, and you're a Christian and a a guy who's got values and a guy who's educated himself so far, apart from the school system, you've certainly an autodidact as well. Um, So these are all good things, but they consider the things you say to be vile, evil, and violence. So how do you convince, how do you reach across the aisle and share ideas with people who consider what what Vince Dow says to be violence. I don't think that reaching out to the far left crazies is such an easy. I mean, I think we should you should try to reach out to everyone. But I think that the coalition we can build to really because keep in mind this, 
They are crazy. Their minds are very stubborn, as you can see on that panel. But like I said, they are in reality a minority in society. And I would say like hard right conservatives are a minority in society, too. But I think there's this big population in the middle in America who is either apathetic or apolitical. Or they say, oh, they have views from both sides. I think that how far the left is pushing and you're starting to see some of these trends and like the suburban politics and stuff how far the left is pushing i think there's a lot of like middle-aged people or just moderates in general who are now feeling more sympathetic towards the right towards conservatives maybe they used to vote for democrats you know they voted for obama maybe even voted for biden mm -hmm. but now they're a little bit what's going on here like i know person uh, personally, people like that. I think really that's who we got to make the appeal to. And I think if we can prove to the crazies, because keep in mind, they are crazy, but they're also very weak, right? They're, they're weak men and, and stuff like that. So I think if we build a coalition that's loud and proud enough to kind of stand up to them, I think they'll fold pretty quickly. Because, you know, these are not exactly Spartan warriors we're up against. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, do you think the other piece is culture, too, especially like around um, the conversation about like young people where, you know, and this is like a horse that I've like beaten to death a thousand times. But like I, I was so frustrated because I came, came of age during that like Tea Party era in the 2010s and so many conservatives got elected and like the culture just got more left though and i felt like conservatives are supposed to be the people who are like it's not it shouldn't be the government doing everything like conservatives should be out in the world like building real stuff doing real stuff running companies starting you know like movie companies making things like building and and i feel like conservatives have sort of seeded that ground like do, do conservatives have like work to do winning back the culture because they're it's like almost non-existent anywhere in hollywood or you know, the internet and all these areas. I think part of the issue that exists is that for the past few decades, the conservative emphasis has been on, you know, make money, do the things that make a lot of money, which is good, right? Because you need financial power to win too. Financial power is very big. Mm -hmm. But um, there's been sort of this idea that like, if you pursue the arts, if you the, pursue the humanities, like those are liberal majors, like those are useless, you know, those are... And and to an extent, it's like, yeah, you're not going to make the same money as the engineer or whatever. But there is something to be said about art and, and culture and, and the way that those types of fields shape the culture and ultimately shape our civilization. You know, like when you look back to any civilization, what's the first thing you remember is like it's art and it's architecture. Right. That stuff shapes culture. And I think that for many decades, there's been a conservative mindset to avoid those things you know let the hippies have those things and now you're seeing the results of that because art mm. i think historically in the west used to be very beautiful you know you look at look at the monuments in dc like those are incredible works of art and architecture but now you look at the art that's coming out of not just hollywood i mean have you seen like modern art like have you seen paintings yeah. and oh, stuff like we that? have this new martin looks, luther king statue by us it's like this weird disembodied arm thing like it's a brutalist <laughs> thing it's they make it ugly on purpose i mean we, there's been a lot of the stuff you're right is, is just miserable yeah Absolutely. It's it's miserable. It's godless. And that's the result, I think, of conservatives giving up, you know, the sort of the cultural building blocks of civilization. You know, you're um, you're at an age where you've never not been online. So when I was your age, there was no online. You know, yeah. maybe there was in, the, in NORAD or something. But other than that, none of us could really be online. And so I grew up without 
that without uh, you know any validation from the outside world, without all the information in the world at my fingertips, etc. Who has it better, me 20, 30 years ago, or you now? Uh, you 20, 30 years ago, I definitely have to say. And, you know, I would say I did grow up without the internet for about the first like 10 or so years of my life. Um, I don't know if that was because the technology wasn't there, but my parents kept it out of my hands. Um, but you look at these and, and I would still say, you know, the, the impacts of having the internet from like 10 years old and on, I probably have a much shorter attention span than you, right? Like I, huh. I have a harder time sitting down. <laughs> I do. I do notice That'd sometimes I have a really, I have, <laughs> Our whole generation, we have a really hard time sitting down and like reading long books and stuff. Our attention spans very short. We have this like internet minded brain, but I don't even think we're the ones most impacted. I look at like these iPad kids now, hmm. they one or two years old, they can already figure out how to use the screen. Like some yeah. of them before they can even talk. Like I have some younger cousins and stuff before they could talk. They knew how to use uh, an iPhone. And it was, it was insane. And I really worry for those kids because those kids inevitably are probably going to be, you know, quite antisocial. They're going to have very low impulse control, very short attention spans. And that's not even considering the things that they're seeing on the internet. You know, I yeah. think the average exposure to internet porn now for a young boy's 11 years old, I bet you that number is only going to go down, you yeah. know, with more and more kids getting on the internet and it's just horrible. And we know that at that age, that's when brains are most impressionable. So it's one thing to discover the internet at 20, 30, even like 15, but to discover the internet at like five years old, three years old. I can only imagine, you know, what's. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's going to happen? But I think that part of that is for a reason, right? The system can control them earlier. And and like I said, that very short attention span and stuff that will make them very easy to control even when they're older. So I think it's all deliberate, you know? How did you, I think one of the things that we're finding as well is that people are, that many people, young people and people, old people like me, um, are simply are have no spiritual foundation whatsoever. So they're filling it with this craziness and Xanax or whatever it is. But- yeah. I noticed on your Instagram that there's a there's either video or picture of you getting baptized. Um, mm -hmm. One, if you don't mind, how did you come to Christianity? And two, what space is that filling in you? Yeah, I, I actually didn't grow up in a Christian household. I didn't grow up Christian, um, but I started doing the conservative thing in about 10th grade. And, you know, there's a lot of Christians in our circles and stuff. And so I wouldn't say it was an overnight 
thing. You know, I, I wouldn't say I had that like single experience or revelation, but, you know, over time I grew more curious. I think God placed a lot of people in my life that, you know, through a process would eventually bring me to know him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, last year I, I made the decision to get baptized. And in terms of the impact that has had on my life, I would say that it 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 really puts this sort of like modernist world in perspective, right? To know that there is something beyond this moment, beyond, you know, what we see in just this realm around us and, you know, after this life even. And so I, I would say that that perspective is part of what gives me the courage, you know, and, and the, the, the willpower to do some of what I do. Because, you know, Tom, I look at our country sometimes and I, I think I have the same um outlook as you where it's like what the heck is happening like yeah. this is just whole, how, how do you like put up with this stuff constantly and i think it is christ that gives me the the strength to mm. keep pushing and keep mm-hmm. fighting even when you know our backs are really against the, the wall here you know is that is that what gives you the strength to you know be in a room full of apoplectic uh progressives who are scowling at you or is that something you always had um I, I I like to think so, right? To God be all the glory. And so, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, and this is something we talk about on our podcast sometimes because I'm, you know, from childhood Orthodox Christian, like Russians are Greeks. Um, but Tom has some some questions still that are that he's not sure about. So we go back and forth on it a little here and there. But um yeah, I definitely hear you. It's so exciting. And I think there there are more young people who are coming to, I mean, definitely in the Orthodox churches, we see a lot of converts coming in. But like, I think all the different denominations of Christianity are seeing a lot of people sort of younger people, you know, get into this too. So maybe and I think a lot of them are finding out stuff on the internet too, which is so maybe it's not 100% bad, all the internet exposure, because some true. of it yeah. definitely is out there too. I think young people in the modern world are lacking purpose Mm -hmm. and i think that you know there's a lot of outlets that they put that in some people put it in progressivism etc but i think there's a lot of young people who realize the their their true purpose and where they can truly find that is in the gospel so ben stow uh you have been fantastic thank you so much for everything congratulations on your success thank you couldn't happen to a better guy i'm gonna be watching with great envy as you ascend here (laughs) 20 19 years old my goodness what have i done with my life uh vince uh, seriously thanks for your time and uh we really appreciate it all right thank you thanks for having me take care all right that is vincent dow he is um he is uh, somebody going places, obviously, and I was thrilled to talk to him. I thought he was a very impressive guy, and I uh, appreciate his time. If you guys haven't seen those videos, the, you should watch them. I haven't even watched It's longer than I've even seen, but it's incredible, incredible the way they treat him and the way they, these people around him act. And he's just simply civilized and well-mannered, and it totally, it totally, it's such a contrast. And it, really, it's 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 been, it's been like the, other than the, uh, other than the KMS uh, rap of the four-minute rap of uh, my time do, uh, delivering pizzas in Tennessee or Kentucky, it's right on the border. Um, um, nothing has made me happier on the internet than that. And his, he, <laughs> listen to this. Just listen to this group. <laughs> 
Instead of aligning ourselves with the black community who've been fighting for yes. racial justice yes. and liberation, right, and, and acknowledging our own privilege and putting our bodies on the oh. line to fight for these movements, instead we banked on white adjacency, and here we are still being pushed. Yes. Into what, is, what is for, okay, right. first of all, what exactly is white adjacency? Is it working hard, having families? Mm. I didn't. No, having, no, like, no, no, I don't, no, no. I don't understand what the issue is. Actually, but then number two, wait, let me finish my point. I Certainly, think, I think it is gaslighting when, again, the majority of violent attacks against Asians are not being perpetrated by white people to blame white supremacy. White supremacy as a construct is this idea like that the norm of American is whiteness. Yes. That whiteness is the default. Standard. That whiteness is the standard that we all ought to aspire to. And we deviate from that. It's not just talking about KKK. Yeah. It's not talking about lynchings. It, it's about a mentality it just is that we have absorbed. It just is, okay? It mm -hmm. just is. So just go with it. Can you imagine how, um, how like, miserable a crew that is? It's not just, it just is, okay? And the, and the internment camps, are you allowing to assimilate that? Is that what you mean by assimilation? No, that's not what we mean by assimilation, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, glad you brought that up because just to clear things up, assimilation does not mean internment camps. So glad we could get that out of the way that when we're referring to that. But yeah, it, it's hard for them to talk to him because he is so reasonable and calm and nice <clears throat> and raises such good points. Yes, and there I don't, you know, I don't know if it's even it, it, every once in a while it's shown so starkly, and mm -hmm. it, obviously the kid's gonna get a gig soon. The, the, they're already sniffing him out of the. Well, if it's not better for it, him to just keep his YouTube channel, geez. Maybe, but like my, Matt Walsh and Knowles have already, uh, you know, like sent him messages, etc. It's like that's why when you sit, when you ask him the question, like, what are you, what do you, how do you own the, how do you, how does the the right start to take over cool culture that was his chance right there come on plug daily wire <laughs> no but no he does uh, he, he was great all right so we can move on we'll we'll uh throw that out out uh on the um we'll post that very quickly and guys watch that video if you can so alice i want to talk about something different now okay okay we have time right okay so you and we i do, and we can do a patreon show too remember and yeah. we have the chat chat so okay okay do you want me to just get right to it do you... or yeah sure go for it do, what, the chat chat? Well, do what you're going to do, but save some stuff for the chat chat because we're almost done with the regular show. Okay. Okay. All right. We... I mean, save some stuff for after the chat chat. You know what I mean. It doesn't matter. All right. So, Alice, we are... I think it's fair to say we have challenges, right? Everybody has challenges. Everybody does, But this does, has been yes. an especially challenging month. Mm -hmm. No doubt about that. Yes. And... And... Um, but and we are we actually are putting the work in to you know make things work out. Yeah, we're literally putting the work in, you yeah. know, and we're gonna be putting the work in. We're gonna talk to our little person tomorrow, and it's been. I mean, we are like we are really working on this patient hard. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what was all, what was all put? I think it was dead on the operating table. Yes, it, it was, way. and yeah. the, yes, and the coroners or the lawyers were uh, were taking control of the of the mm -hmm. specimens. So. But and I think it's fair to say that um, that we love each other. Is that fair? I love yes, you. Yes, I love you too. Okay, and it's fair to say that I find you beautiful. Thank you. And I tell everybody. And for some reason, you're not wholly disgusted by me. <laughs> it's true. I and do love a, you and think you're cute. That's true. And this is a great dichotomy. But I think it's a synergy that ha has us together, mm -hmm. right? Like we just in a in a big way, we just like we work together. We're a team. We're a team, and we have it for a long time. An imperfect team at times, but 
Mm-hmm. Yes, and everybody has told me that very much. So it's like I've never heard so many people want you to, to just like do a hostile takeover of the burn barrel and me be the second chair. Which actually <laughs> we can talk about if you want to. But so so anyway, so we've got this synergy, and I think it's wonderful, and we're really working hard. And there are all sorts of adverse forces of different different nature like everybody deals with this stuff mm-hmm. you know we, we, it's, we we've got our own panel of psychos who are at the gates you know right so but sometimes things happen today it, things happen and this is this may be my christianity moment okay things happen that really illustrate that we've come to a plateau and that we have an opportunity so this is it ready okay oh there's a market basket today I had a bottle of um, Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce in the thing. I got all sorts of food to eat for in case we do some Super Bowl stuff with the kids, the big game stuff with the kids. And so I'm we're doing this recipe, which is this buffalo chicken. Is it a dip? No, buffalo chicken um, slash stuffed, stuffed peppers mm-hmm. recipe. It requires Frank's Red Hot, which I'm allowed to eat. So I go to next to the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce, and there's Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce there. There's no more Frank's Red Hot. Red Hot. And this woman, who's like this goth chick, mm-hmm. is behind me. And she said, oh, there's no Frank. Yeah, there hasn't been any. There's nothing. And I said, yeah, I don't I don't know. Weird. So I walk around the store, and I'm doing the rest of her shopping for the big shopping day tonight. Mm-hmm. And I uh, found some good stuff for the kids. Very excited. Very excited. And then I found, I, next to the meat aisle, on a low shelf, a bunch of Frank's Red Hot Sauce. Huh. Right. And I thought, damn, because this had been like 18 minutes since I'd seen her. It's like, damn. I look around. There's no, she's not around anymore. It's like, I wish she could be here that I could be able to help her, you know, get her outside. Because mm-hmm. I found it now. So I put my th- one in my thing and uh, look to my left. And there she is right there. And I said, uh, hey, ma'am, ma'am. And she looked over here at me and and said, uh, yeah. And I said, oh, the Frank's, there's some right here. And I gave her one. She said, oh, thank you so much. It hasn't been here forever. And I thought, man. That is perfect synergy. That is what needs to be. That is the light and the truth, Alice, for me. That was my vision. That's beautiful, honey. <laughs> it's amazing. <gasps> On Big Game Sunday. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll tell somebody who cares. We need. A, I need a new. I need a, an additional. I need a two plus. Two plus. <laughs> I need a. I need a wife who's not aloof uh, when I'm not telling. I'm things. trying to react to this story, like you know way like i care is it not am i not you need to get it? better at pretending that you care it is funny <laughs> i barely laugh now done laughing all right you ready all right uh, let's hear some chelsea fire wicked hotline chat chat calls um this is brought to you by chelsea fire wicked hot sauce which is a much better sauce than frank's red hot it's uh, totally correct. clean they use uh, sea salt for lowered sodium it's delicious. You don't have to sacrifice heat for flavor, and they donate 5% of the proceeds to the Fallen Firefighters Foundation. So really just like win, 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 win. Hi, Dom. Uh, hey. I had to call in after uh, one of the gentlemen that called in that said that you should have been drinking a pint like you're Polly and Rocky. Um, this man obviously has never had his life destroyed in a divorce. Yes. Uh, you, you don't do a pint. In a bag, and you don't do those small nips. Right. But you do. And you find one of those stores, one of those great stores. All right. That have the doubles. It's the 100 milliliters for $1.76 Ooh. instead of two. 
Ooh. You know, you save the money because saving the money is for the kids. That's also why you don't <laughs> drink Jack Daniels. You have to get Fireball. It is so much cheaper. You're going to need that extra money, especially after you start paying child support. Yeah, that's a good point there. Where does this misconception right, come from that you'd be paying me child support? No, Alice lets me know very much so that <laughs> she might be in a position to be paying me at this point. Uh, but that is a good point. I can't do the ch- I can't do um Fireball. It's just because it's it's got sugar and stuff in it. Um, and, uh, yes, I'm weaning myself off of, uh, nips as I no longer be traipsing through cities and towns, <laughs> uh, drowning my sorrows. But, uh, but, um, but, uh, I do appreciate that. And we do have, if I ever need to get back there, we do, we are right down the street from the New Hampshire State Liquor Store. So that's all good. But let me get this straight. Replica Shattuck. Hi, Replica. I replaced Alice Shattuck. Yep. Mm-hmm. To be Replica Shattuck mm-hmm. for Tom so we could have something... When things go south, yep. things things go south, and now it's going back the other way, it seems, but Alice is now replacing me who replaced Alice. Y- yes. I don't, I, I don't get what's going on. I'm sorry, Replica. You might have to ask Dan, because this is even confusing me. Well, thoughts? I mean... I th- I thought you wanted replica and me both. You look really pretty, Alice. Thanks. I don't know. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You look nice too. Yeah, you know. Uh, I'm wearing a t-shirt. Can you see it? Uh, let's see. Uh, the Wakefield Mall in the chat says your weight loss is really showing in your oh, face. Thank you. Thank you. I have. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I'm still a fat. Let's let's not kid anybody here. But the, but the, what this is what's happening right now. Is I've passed through the portal of I can now angle cameras to make me look. I had no like <laughs> there was no hope. There. Yeah, before. there was no hiding. There was no hiding. Several several chins. Although I like fat me too. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy, but I I think skinny will live longer and be happier, and I like that. Hi guys, Steve from Gloucester. Hope you're Hi, well. Steve. You had mentioned last week that Greeks tend to be the most beautiful from an ethnic background perspective and i have to agree with you as i do have a greek wife Mm -hmm. who is absolutely beautiful and a lot of her family members are just as attractive that's what they said they have a vote definitely in my book and i'm saying this because she's also a great cook and if i don't vote greek i'm gonna be hungry Thanks, guys. Bye. I know. I, Greek women are just fantastic. Greek men are fantastic, too. You know, in my in my travels uh, overseas, my mother was a travel agent and worked on a cruise ship. So we were on cruise ships in Europe and all over the place. And, and we hung out with uh, Greeks and Italians pretty much. Italians who I love, Alice, by the way. Mm. Okay? I get along with them. There okay? is. Mark the tape. Apparently my mother did it, too. But... All right. So listen. Um, that's not a derogatory thing about you, Ma. Ma, uh, that just means she had an Italian boyfriend for a bit. Very classy accent. Um, so, um, oh, by the way, that reminds me of, remember I couldn't think of that on, on Thursday's podcast? I couldn't figure out what it meant. Couldn't figure out what what meant. Remember he was talking about the Greek thing and somebody in, on the chat, ch- chat. Oh chat? yeah. Cause it was, cause Dan had said that Greeks were the best looking people. Right. But I was especially confused during Thursday's show. And should we talk about why, Alice? Um... Your battery of psychiatric medication. Correct. Correct. <laughs> that you're now on. Yes, as a as a as a uh, as a matter of uh, this new regime, uh, I'm on to not be hyperventilating in the middle of uh, the State Street in Newburyport and sobbing. Uh, yes, we've had counseling, and now I am I'm official. I'm in the game. I got the I got the pills now. 
And so uh, they made me catatonic that particular day, and I didn't understand anything. And Alice had to, <laughs> had to drag me around the house by my hand and tell me not to trip. And I had my little uh, my walker with the tennis yeah, balls Yeah, I had on to it. abandon you for the chat chat that day to go pick up our daughter. So. Alice, I'm listening to you talk about um, DeSantis and Trump. Mm-hmm. And I voted for Trump twice, and I don't regret it for one second. Um, Same. I don't mm-hmm. think many of us who did regret it because of the candidates, you know, between Clinton and Biden. I don't think he was he was the clear choice. But also, people that voted for Trump and that are on Trump's side, a lot of them, um, they're not like you and uh, maybe to a lesser extent like me or like us. Because I've talked to some of them and they don't even know who Ron DeSantis is, which yeah. absolutely baffles me. So. Yeah. I don't know if they're just in it because it's something different than a regular politician or if they were in it because, you know, he was, I don't know, just a bombastic figure or whatever you want to say. But I I find it baffling that, you know, so-called conservatives or Republicans or anybody that goes this way don't know who Ron DeSantis is and what he's about because they should. Yeah, I mean, it it's tough. I'm always astonished by the extent to which no, quote-unquote normal people like don't mm. follow the news or like know who any of these people are or anything, which is fine, but it's just... It, I don't know. It, it is a tough thing to overcome, and that is one reason that Trump was very effective. It's because a lot of people who don't follow any politics at all know who Donald Trump is because he's just been ubiquitous forever. Yes. Um, that's a tough thing because, yeah, because there are, like, anyone who's, quote, just a politician is always going to struggle with that because there's a whole bunch of people who don't pay attention mm-hmm. to anything. I'll never forget, we were at some charity thing with you one time, like, some big event, and, like, Charlie Baker was at it. He was governor at the time. And, like, we ran into some couple that we, like, socially knew from, I forget where, from, like, our town or whatever. And they were like, oh, yeah, we just, like, met that guy who's, like, the mayor or whatever, Charlie Baker. And, like, they knew he was something, but, like, the concept of governor, the whole thing, like, just, and they were involved enough to be at this, like, big Boston charity event and, like, be excited to meet him. But, like, you know, people, it just, it's not as big a thing to a ton of people, which I respect. Yeah. Like, it, they're probably better off. Like, I've filled way too much brain space with a lot of stupid stuff like this. Yeah. And in some ways, I, like, envy them Yeah, but for you're not a political caring. junkie. But I think that... The, yeah, I but, like this stuff, and I'm yeah. interested in it. But a lot... Of, it's because I hang around with other people who are, whether on Twitter or in real life, I'm always surprised when I talk to normal people and they're, like completely there's like whole worlds of things that are happening in my world in the news that like they are just not even aware of that exists. oh totally and i think that's most people most people don't have all the yeah. stuff in the transit but with trump i mean the, the point is that he was a populist hero and that means that people who are not otherwise interested in politics suddenly take a personal interest in you in the mission and I, I think one of the reasons why trump did that and i told you that when i was in the hellhole in in philly or whatever or cleveland whatever it was uh that the girl at the front desk liked Trump, and the, her whole reason was, is that he lost everything and came back. And she said, "Yeah, he came back from nothing," and I and I, and I like that, I respect mm-hmm. that. I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah, it was weird. I remember around that time, um, you know, like 
was talking I I was checking out at a grocery store and the person checking out my groceries was saying she like a lot of that stuff that Trump guy's saying really makes sense and it's like it was still at the time when like there were all these candidates and I was so excited because we had Scott Walker and Rand Paul yeah, and yeah. all the all these different interesting people it's such good we were gonna have such a great primary where everyone debated all this stuff and like and then it was just like build the wall and like I you know John McCain shouldn't have been captured I like people that oh, yeah. weren't captured well, it was just like the, it was like a total uh, hijacking of like all this political stuff that I'm into and it really was a hijacking by normal people yes it was but listen to this was it a hijacking or, or was it the fact that Trump went out to see everybody he flew on didn't stop. He flew to the Midwest. He flew to the Rust Belt. He flew to every state. Well, yeah, he but worked, the grocery checkout person in Market Basket didn't I, I know, see but like, him at an event. She just knew who Trump was right, because... But, but Trump got to everybody. He right. went in front of everybody with these express uh, you know, rallies, and they were fun. And he, sh- and he, and he showed uh, you know, an empathy for people's lives, etc. And there was no BS. Nobody was mm-hmm. talked down to. He had a good time. He always gave somebody something unacceptable in politics to to deal with. Yeah, but it is an it is an interesting peak, and I don't think Trump is this guy because I think Trump just didn't have some of the other qualities that you need to be like a Napoleon or a whatever. Mm-hmm. I, he didn't. God, have- can you imagine the Trump debating Napoleon on the stage? <laughs> but it, but it is an interesting insight into how these cults of personality go, and I don't mean that even like in a bad way. It's just interesting how some people have this charisma, and for whatever reason, like the Trump, I don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily hit me the same way it hits other people. The Trump charisma, because I'm not that big a Trump fan, as people know, and are willing to complain to me about frequently. I just like it's it's interesting to see people so excited about someone just for that person. Because, you know, most of our politicians don't have that. Like, Obama had shades of that for sure. But, um, you know, and sometimes other people, like maybe Clinton had a little bit. Certainly FDR must have to be elected all those times to have this, like, bit. But but it was interesting, certainly, to watch it in action. Because, yeah, I think the closest thing we had in my lifetime was, like, the Obama thing. But I think that was not as powerful as the Trump effect to you. Uh, as like for for what his particular for what his particular personality worked on people in this way. Obama was definitely a huge populist um, presence. I mean, he was huge. Uh, But there, but I feel like celebrities, Alice. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Trump was more so. I think maybe, although in, in in a lot of people will have no recollection of this, and you don't really, although it affected you. I think that. Like the, um, but it wasn't as big, of course, but the Perot thing. Oh, yeah. Brought a lot of people who weren't really interested in... A lot of people who later became yes. Trump people, I think. Oh, yes. You know, absolutely. Like, my mother was getting signatures for Perot. It was, he made, for people who were bored by politics, and yeah, I was only, that was my first election yeah. voting in that, he was exciting and funny. Mm-hmm. He was great. Yeah, I don't remember the 92 Perot campaign, but I remember the 96 one. That was, the 96 one was not the one to be at. The 92 one was great, because he was like... Uh, he said, nah, nah, nah. as far as race goes, you know, we got white people and black people and nobody's going anywhere. No, so actually, I do. I was in kindergarten. Okay. I do. I was, And we had a mock president. We all had to vote. Yeah. Mock presidential. I do vaguely actually remember in 92. That's true. 
Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. It's fine. I have a second <laughs> Okay. Okay. Are well, we are we through the chat chat? No, we got two more. Oh, okay. Okay. Hi, Steve from Merriman. Hi, hey, Steve. Steve. Tom. Yeah. And this is a serious question. Yes. Can you please tell me that you were kidding when on Friday you said that War and Peace and Anna Karenina were written by Dostoevsky? I know. Thank you. Can I you please <laughs> uh, restore my faith yes. in you. It's okay. Tolstoy. That was goofy. I know. He's an idiot. Thank you. What? Thank you. What Thank you, Steve. I appreciate hey, that. Hey, you know what I got on my SATs also? Hmm. Did a- you crack 600? <laughs> Not in math, no. No, I mean combined. Yes, I did. I think I got a, a nine something, I think. And then I took it again, and I got a lower score. I was, <laughs> I was losing information. Ah, uh, yes. Tom's showing his Apple bigotry yet again the other day. You know, I thought about this. So, mm-hmm. Apple users love to think they're so different. Everything's so different. <laughs> yet you get the three little icons in the top right to close out the the file, just like an X as you do on Windows. The whole thing looks just like a Windows device, but it's all gussied up to be an Apple product. Well, it made me think. You know, those people who are pushing for plant-based meat, which is mm-hmm. not yeah. meat. It's just plants that are mushed together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, that's what an Apple uh, device is. Incorrect. So, plants mushed there together. Go. There you go. Tom is a soy boy. What? So true. Alice, what are you saying? You're not mm-hmm. saying? You don't think I'm a soy boy, do you? Do you? <laughs> that is vicious. Vicious, vicious. Hold on. What? Why are you getting all these social calls oh, right my now? My daughter. Just... Hello. I'm confused. You want the the, the ultra organic micro micro whatever. Yes. Okay. Is that yes. I said yes. Thank you. Yes, I was confused. Okay. I understand. Okay. All right. Okay. She's her mother's daughter. Okay. Um. Right. With that, right? we should head to the Patreon show because I think we still have a few other things to talk about, including the UFO invasion that oh, we yes. have to discuss. So we'll do that in the Patreon show uh, right after this. So if you're on Patreon, just stay there. We won't keep you away from what the big game right too are you long. Yeah, of course, you can do that at patreon.com slash burn barrel. But as always, the show is free at burnbarrelpodcast.com. We'll see you there. Say la Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.